0: He will return in the body of Christ by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. In the American News, there was an article entitled 25 Reasons Why People Have Left the Church. At first I thought, how sad. Then on second thought, yeah, they are finally coming out of Babylon in response to the order given by God at Revelation chapter 18 verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, Babylon, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. What is not good, though, they have turned away from God as well, thinking the church was synonymous with the Lord. Because of what the world's religions, Babylon, has done to them, they have lost their faith in God and have become totally dependent on man and believers in the intellectual knowledge of science. John, chapter 15, verse 5, tells us they have made a very bad choice. I, Jesus, am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides, or lives, in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Therefore, man cannot solve the world's problems. Proof, after 2000 plus years of trying to do things their way, the world and its systems are a mess. Its churches are unfortunately a very big part of the problem. The truth is, God left Babylon like a discarded queen long ago because of her sin and hypocrisy Revelation, chapter 18, verses 2 and 3 says, And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. She has given up holiness for money and members, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit. Her vessels are no longer holy, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird, vultures.'" For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth, the beast, have committed fornication with her. She holds hands with politics. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Church is a big business to the world. She has profaned God's name, misrepresented And trampled the blood and sacrifice of his son, and is Satan's right hand in destroying much of the earth and creation along with it. She has caused much of humanity to profane his name through their speech, wrong thinking, lack of morals, and in fact, maneuvered most of those that do love the Lord into unintentionally belittling the sacrifice of Christ. For instance, When they say they are not worthy of serving God, or maybe even salvation, they are innocently saying the blood of Christ was not good enough, or his sacrifice sufficient to save them. Did their leadership take the time to assure them this is not so, and very severely wrong thinking? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 8 through 10 plainly differs with this line of thought previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I, Jesus, have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will, God's will to save us, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. You see, other than blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is attributing the work of the Holy Spirit to demons, there is no sin so great that the sacrifice of the Son of God cannot annul if we repent. All but sin against God's Spirit is absolutely forgiven. Should we die, it is guaranteed by the blood of the Lamb we would be with Jesus in paradise. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 assures us. We are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. There is, however, something I would like to interject here. If you would like to be one that the Lord uses to build the new earth, Peter speaks of in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. There is another step necessary for the promises found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 15 through 54 to be fulfilled in us. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 shows us the new earth. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells, Those chosen to participate in the restoration of earth and its inhabitants will be born through the name of Jesus, spirit-filled, partakers of His covenant, nurtured and matured on the end-time knowledge of God, fed to them as they attend His ten feasts. They are ones that have metamorphosed into a new species through this knowledge and are waiting for God to restore them according to God's promise in 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verses 50 through 54. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It won't be earthly bloodlines, but those genetically and spiritually changed by the blood of Christ to his kin, God's family. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. It will be ones with spirits, souls, and bodies made clean through the blood of the Lamb. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead, those that died in baptism in Christ but went no further, will be raised incorruptible, Until this moment, man, since Adam and Eve, was born to die, these will go to paradise. And we, those chosen to build the new earth, shall be changed, perfected, restored to live eternally. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Our bodies must be further clothed so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. This is God's promise, His law, since He spoke it. Now let us look very closely at the scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 to see and understand what could possibly stand in the way of this coming into being 1 corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 flee sexual immorality every sin that a man does is outside the body so with repentance the spirit and soul is saved but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body unless repented for This sin remains on our bodies, and they will not be eligible for restoration. In other words, without this change, when we die, we are taken to paradise, and our bodies decay. But with the change, we can live in our bodies forever, as was God's original plan for man, this time to rebuild the earth and help restore creation. You see... Jesus went to the Father in His earthly body to give it as a ransom for mankind's sinful bodies so we could be made physically incorruptible as well as spiritually. If we don't know what to repent of, however, our bodies will not be ready for restoration and therefore not qualified to be changed. Religion has failed to give us this information, or if they have, they have not made clear the consequences of sexual promiscuousness and its effect on mankind. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Our bodies belong to God, they were given as earthly homes to enable us to live on Earth. Unfortunately, Babylon, mother of all world's religious systems, along with the world's culture, has birthed a very permissive, rebellious, hard generation of people that abuse their bodies in many ways. Sexual sin itself has been allowed so long in the world's society and her churches that it is now accepted as normal, but it will soon come to a halt as God does not change. Again, sin is sin, and sexual sin, if not repented of, remains on our bodies, disqualifying them for eternity. One more time, let me emphasize, yes, if we die, our spirits and souls go to paradise if we know the Lord. But for us to remain here in our bodies, we must repent and stop sexual sin. It is not all the big things either. For example, do we dress to appeal and entice the opposite sex, making us immodest, unclean? Do we flirt evoking sexual sin in others, seemingly little things that are not? Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, warned. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, God does not see this sin as small. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled. The fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Sex before marriage, unfaithful while married, not acceptable by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 is a scripture unenforced in many of the world's religions. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This should have been emphasized by religious leaders, but many times they indulge themselves. Do not be deceived. Read that again. Neither fornicators nor idolaters Nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 shows us the fate of all the descendants of Adam and Eve because she chose to know evil. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the truth is, we all need to repent. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life has played a very big part in many of our lives at one point or the other. And again, we need to quickly repent. Paul made this very clear in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. But I disciplined my body, didn't let his five senses rule, and bring it into subjection. To his spirit, not his soul man, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He understood he could be disqualified. I don't know about you, the reader, but I, for one, want all of God's promises. I have repented for everything I can think of from childhood on, have even repented for my relatives back to Adam. In fact, I repented for all of humanity, for letting God down, profaning His name, for not walking in His will. I would love for all of us to be restored to the state of mankind in the beginning, when all was done according to God's will. Everything would be perfect, righteous, no sickness, sin, or sorrow. I am so looking forward to perfect tomorrows And I know there are many others that crave God's promises as well. God said in the end days, He would raise up the tabernacle or house of David for Him to teach those that love Him, seek His knowledge, and no longer want to be a part of this world run by man. He would do this through people tired of the wisdom Eve chose from Satan, one that happily sat at the Father's table, experiencing all ten feasts, and hungrily consumed the fresh manna served there. Ones chosen because they understand and are satisfied with the thought they cannot do anything without the Son of David, Jesus Christ. You see, Satan desires to be God to this planet and all on it, so he has instilled that mentality into those he operates through. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14 shows us Satan, or Lucifer's, plans for God's people and the earth. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Close to 70% of mankind does not believe in God. We have been weakened. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation to control God's people on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Satan's thinking installed into the mind of man is why and how mankind has developed the idea he can run the world, solve its problems, getting in God's swim lane, so to speak. What puppets we have been in the hands of the enemy. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 reveals the beginning of this way of thinking. Then the serpent, Satan, Lucifer, said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, feasted on the fruit of Satan's lies, your eyes will be opened to this realm where Satan rules and you will be like God. She believed that lie also, knowing good and evil. That is the beginning of man's earthly knowledge and the birth of the idea we can be self-made, self-reliant. It was also the beginning of Satan using man to serve his purposes. So you see, our bodies are houses for him to use or houses the Lord can work through. You see, victory over the world and being overcomers lies in our being covered as well as used by the Lord, as seen in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9. 11, and 16 through 17. Remember the scripture that said, we are not our own. We see it clearly here. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. We are His. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Do you not know That you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. This pertains to us as well as the enemy. Think about all the ways we have abused our bodies, through drugs, alcohol, etc. For the temple of God is holy, or should be, which temple you are. See why we must not only clean all sin pertaining to sex from our bodies, but do our best to protect our bodies as well as they are God's mansions and He really wants to use us. He places us in His body to accomplish His goals and bring to fruition His plans in the end. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, But now God has set the members each one of them, in the body, just as He pleased. Some will be placed in governmental positions, while others are body members that carry out the work of God. Acts chapter 15, verses 16 and 17 shows us how we will be trained to do His work. After this, the days of Christianity and her fall into the clutches of Babylon, I, Jesus, will return for a second time and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. His earthly government became corrupt. I will rebuild its ruins, build a righteous house or body for himself out of those that come out of Babylon, and I will set it up. Why? So that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. He will set up his house to lead guide, warn of danger, protect God's sheep, and bring restoration to all creation. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Do you know why the governing part of this body is called the tabernacle of David or the house of David? It is the fulfillment of a promise God made to his beloved king long ago and a continuation of his family line through Christ you see the old testament was not recorded just to trace the history of man it was penned as a physical picture we can understand with our natural minds to help us comprehend further spiritual things second samuel chapter 7 verses 12 through 16 for instance shows us a prefiguration of christ and his second earthly body, the end time body of Christ, when your days are fulfilled, speaking to David, and you rest with your fathers, die, I will set up your seed after you. Jesus was from the Davidic line, who will come from your body, be of his seed, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne. Of his kingdom forever. David and his son Solomon did not live forever to rule their kingdom, so this is speaking of someone else. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, Christ himself was sinless, but we were in his loins, as his seed, so to speak, his future children, and we do sin. I will chasten him for our sin with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men, crucified on the cross. But by mercy shall not depart from him. He raised him from the grave as I took it from Saul, Babylon, the old religion, whom I removed from before you. God will destroy her and your house, son of David and your children and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever, an eternal kingdom. Originally, this was written for King David and his son Solomon, but as stated before, it was a foreshadow of a much greater son or descendant of David, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7 prophesies of this future government and kingdom. Of the increase of his, Jesus, government and peace, there will be no end, in keeping with the promise to David, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, at the end of the reign of Babylon, just as he ended Saul's reign, even forever an eternal kingdom the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 13 reveals those jesus or the greater david functions through as head of his body and his government they are the tabernacle or house of david and he himself jesus gave some as gifts to the body to be apostles some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. It is through these He will set in place the tabernacle of David to rule and reign as King. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, the completed body of Christ to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the body Christ will function through to restore all creation. The church should have made God's plan for the greater David and his house known correctly to his people long ago. It would have surely prevented much false doctrine. Revelation chapter 22 verse 16 shows us God meant all along for us to understand who He would guide us through so we wouldn't put our faith in man. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, could be translated messenger, to testify to you these things in the churches. See where we have been let down by the world's church? I, Jesus, the one you need to do all things, am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He can only be this in our hearts if we can see Him spiritually returning through His body to restore the earth. Spiritual law says, be it as you believe. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. The dark recesses of our minds until the day dawns, the third day in the early morning, and the morning star rises in your hearts. We now understand who He is and what He is and who He lives through. John chapter 2 verses 19 through 21 was a foreshadow of the rising of this body, His temple. Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jew said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Easy to understand. A thousand years is as a day to God, and we are in the morning of the third day, right now, since the cross. Time for Christ's body, the body of the greater David, to rise. Restoration is just around the corner, so to speak. So, in closing, let us go back and read Acts chapter 15, verses 16 and 17, but with understanding this time. After this, I will return, see it, and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles. Who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. He will return to restore all things through the body of Christ.